Though I celebrate Black history 365 days a year, in this bonus episode during this month of February, adoptees from season one share a bit of their wisdom gained from their adoption story. I'm optimistic that if you haven't listened to their entire conversation with me, you will be inspired to do so after hearing some of their beautiful words on this show today. Snippets from parts of the recordings in 2021, when this podcast first started, were produced together for the purpose of giving you a peek inside of a Black adoptee's perspective about part of their journey so far and a recap of some of their meaningful messages. Let's get started with Barbara. She is a same-race domestic adoptee from Episode 9 and reminds us of the complexities and complications that come with adoption. She has one word for it. I think that the common idea is that Black families always adopt informally and that they're never a part of the system of adoption. And that's not true. There are people who adopt and they are underrepresented. Adopt a Black adoptive parents uh, or prospective parents are underrepresented in adoption. And I there could be several reasons for that. And I think that could be a whole separate podcast in itself as to why. So that's one thing. And the fact that people feel that if you're a same race adoptee, that you should have a seamless experience, uh, that it would be perfect because you blend in with the family. And honestly, that's not true either. There's the part that is very new to me because of the things that have happened in this country. So mm-hmm. when I say very new, I'm going to say within the last uh, five years or six years in which I have been now a reunited adoptee, that my biological background and where I came from in terms of my culture is very important. And almost what happens as a person of, uh, of African descent and me as an adoptee, have such parallels that I feel it's if it's double, that I feel double. So if an adoptee feels isolated because they feel like they're the only in that particular experience as an adoptee, then I feel it twice because lots of time I, I was an only in many circles as a Black woman. Once you sit with these complicated emotions, and I'll use my word that I made up, <laughs> complexicated. <laughs> I like that yeah. word, complexicated. <laughs> yeah, you know, because it is. It's like a whole bunch of contradictions and things that are happening at the same time when it comes to relationships, the way that your life is being conducted, how you've done, what other people were doing. It's just so much. And having to process it all in maybe a relatively short amount of time, you know, um, has been also that because a lot of times we as adoptees and as part of the rest of the constellation may have suppressed a lot of feelings for a number of years. Mm -hmm. I just want to encourage people that no matter how your journey has been as an adoptee or as any part of the constellation, please know that you're not alone. Number one, number two, don't give up things that may be, What's happening now is subject to change and just be encouraged that there 
that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And whatever that looks like for you, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Corey from episode five is a transracial adoptee who understands the importance of lineage and shared just what the adoption community offers each of us. He explained the significance of how we as adoptees have a break in our heritage, but we can find tools to survive our trauma. And, and one of the worst parts for me is, is the whole grandfather, grandmother not having them because they're in charge of passing down the legacy to you. They tell you about the old days. They give you stories about who they were, who their grandparents were, and that kind of puts you into the flow of time. I know in uh, African culture, that's extremely important that you're able to put yourself into, they call it the flow of time. It's just like a grandfather passing it down to the grandson and so on and so on. It's generational. And it feels like that my lineage has been cut with my adoption. That's, that's what it feels like. To all you adoptees, I know sometimes you feel like no one cares what you're going through, that no one can understand, that you know you see everybody else having people that look like them and you feel like the black sheep. But you know, just keep holding on. Just keep connecting with other adoptees. Uh, I'd love to leave with you know uh, just a message of strength and encouragement because some days I feel like I can't carry on. But I think we as an adoptee community, we can help each other. And I think we adoptees are such beautiful and strong people. Deborah Sparrow from Episode 14 is a late discovery adoptee. She shared her thoughts for other LDAs and the community at large. You know, I would just tell LDAs, it's, it's not an easy process. You're going to have some days when you're, you're up and you'll have some days when you're down. Just get support. Get somebody that's in your corner that you can talk to. Join the support groups. You can be from wherever and, and be in those support groups. You'll find out that there's people in there that they want to hear your story. They want to support you. And they're not going to say, I'm tired of hearing that. Because, right. uh, you know, like my husband, he could support me. But yes, he didn't fully understand it. You know, like a day you may be down or uh, Mother's Day or your birthday. Or he he didn't understand that and doesn't completely understand it. And I don't expect him to. And just take your time and don't let people push you in a corner. You know, when you're ready to move, then move. If you're not, don't do it. Mm -hmm. And just give yourself that grace and that time to do what you feel is good in your heart. I think more LDAs need to get their stories out because mm -hmm. um, even with the adoption groups, this is a, a group that is getting bigger and bigger every day. Just think when a person opens that 23andMe or Ancestry DNA or whatever DNA tests they take, there's a group of people that are going to come out of that every day and find out that they are adopted. Mm -hmm. I think there needs to be more research and even support groups, even for that group, because, you know, we have little different issues, but at the same time, some of the same issues. So just know that you're not alone. 
this group is getting bigger and bigger each day. Sometimes I sit back and I go, wonder how I really would have taken this. I don't know. I still think they should have told me no matter what and mm-hmm. let me work it out. Jeremiah's analogy of what being in reunion is like for him paints a picture worth remembering. He is a guest on episode 13. Well, everybody's coming in in the middle of the movie. <laughs> so I'm walking in uh, into their lives in the middle of their movie and they're walking to my life in the middle of the movie. Mm. So all of my past experiences, they don't have part of. They're not a part of it. I'm right. not a part of their past experience. So you have to be sensitive to the fact of you don't know what happened to them in their lives prior to you coming into it. They have to be, be the same with me. Now, being coming into the, uh, into the middle of someone else's movie, you just have to be sensitive to certain things. I that's, like you know, how you put that. Yeah, you're coming into the middle of the movie. So you, you there are a lot of things that you missed. Yeah. A lot of twists and turns that you missed, so you don't know what their life has been like or what happened to them in the past, their hurts, their joys, all of that, all that, you know, everything. Expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, uh, one of my sisters, she told me, remember you, she always tells me, remember you found us. <laughs> That's her running joke. Every time there's something that happens uh, right. in the family, she's like, <laughs> she's like remember. <laughs> but yeah, I just pretty much expect the unexpected. Go with the flow. If you expect something, it may not be what you expect. Mm-hmm. And what you don't expect, you may get. I like that. So be prepared for anything uh, with, with the journey because mm-hmm. you never know what you're going to find or you never know how things are going to turn out. Uh, but if, if that is something that you really uh, that you really want to pursue, by all means do it. By mm-hmm. all means do it because some people have questions they want answered. And I don't necessarily think that I had all of those questions that, that I need to have answered. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, you know, it's like okay, well, you know, there there is always like a little piece of you gnawing, saying, "Okay, you know, go find out, go find out." And I think all adoptees have that piece in them, saying that they do want to find something out, but they may not want to fully explore it. Right, I agree. And so, and so you know, so if, if you're not ready, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. But if you are ready, by all means, go go forward with it. My cousin Lisa from episode sixteen shared her why for searching for her first family. By extending an invitation, she created the opportunity for birth family members to get to know her and for her to get to know them. The reason that I was interested in finding my birth family, and I wanted to find my birth mother, of course, was just to let her know that she made the right choice that she made the right decision, that I had a good life, that I was raised by two parents that provided for me that I wanted for nothing. That was the only reason, and of course to see who I looked like, but that was, you know, my primary, I wanted to let him know that those were my intentions. You know, I tease my, you know, brothers and sisters, I tell them, you know, uh, we we celebrate, and of course, because <laughs> I got to remember the exact date, but we celebrate our, our fam fanversary. We call it a fanversary. I was <laughs> concerned, and so usually in January, uh, around the time that I and I always say I ambushed Ben at the the church. <laughs> 
you know, that's the day that we celebrate our fanversary. How do you spell that? Um, <laughs> um, just F-A-M-V-E-R-S-A-R-Y, our fanversary. Okay, I like that. My adoptive mother, the mother I grew up with, the mother that raised me, and then the mother that birthed me, that this is what they would have wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a culmination of that. This is the way it was always meant to be. I have family members that belong to me. Mm-hmm. I think that that's nice. My my brother and I, my brother that I grew up with, and I have been slightly estranged. I'm going to say we have become estranged since my mother passed away. And so I remember thinking that without the closeness of the brother that I grew up with, you know, I don't have anybody. There's nobody. You know, if something happened, you know, to me, who who would be there? You know what I mean? Right. Who, who would be there to bear witness? Right. Just somebody there. Marnie from Episode 8 has been committed to fostering children for decades as an adoptee herself and is still in the trenches of some of the most difficult work. She believes every child in the system deserves permanency with a healthy and loving family. I've had, ooh, it's 80 now. I've had 80 kids in the past 24 years come through my home. And now I'm a professional foster parent with this new therapeutic program that I'm actually a part of. So kids come into our program. They have been in 10 or more placements. And we have a structured program with a life skills coach and a counselor and three caseworkers. One caseworker is the bad guy. So anytime we have to give out any kind of, I'm not sure which word, discipline or punishment, <laughs> but she actually does it for us so that we don't have to be the bad guy. Our job is just to be the cheerleader for the kids, to just be positive, work on their self-esteem, show them a routine. We have charts that we have to do every day for them to tell if they brush their teeth, wash their face, just a daily routine, things that we take for granted that they've never done. They're severely traumatized. They are abused, um, neglected or physical abuse, neglect, sexual abuse. So they have severe issues. It's the top level. It's almost the level after specialized foster care, which is a lot in itself. So we're at the top with the, with the trauma. And we have a psychiatrist, a personal psychiatrist for our kids. So they have wonderful services in place for these kids to help them succeed but they have to want to succeed. I now understand (laughs) myself being adopted, um, how important it is to not just feel like you're not a permanent part of a family. It causes just feelings of instability. So I can see why children need to be adopted. I didn't always understand that, but now I I understand much better now (laughs) myself being adopted later on in life. Cynthia. A guest on Episode 7 is also an LDA. She shared her views on the subject of trust and moving through multiple traumas. She gives excellent guidance to late discovery adoptees. I enjoyed learning that she would be the first person another adoptee found within their birth family. I think they recommend, you know, parents start talking to children with age-appropriate words early on. I didn't have any of that. 
I had no clue. And I have I have gone back and thought about many situations to think if there was something that I missed. And there were a couple, but nothing that definitively said, you're adopted. For a long time, I couldn't trust anyone. And I said, I didn't trust anyone. I mean, I didn't trust anyone, even those I could trust. I questioned everything because if the person who has been the closest to you keeps something from you like that for almost 50 years, that's very difficult. I felt very betrayed. And it helped to clarify everything that had happened after my mom died in 1992 until I found out. I understood why people were acting the way they acted. They felt that since I was adopted, I had no rights to the property that my parents had purchased in 1947. And I was angry at my mom for a while, but I couldn't stay angry at her because I guess because I was I was 46, I understood, I knew what she had gone through and, and her desire to have children. And I knew she loved me unconditionally because I always say, the only thing my mom did not do for me was give birth to me. I have gone to her grave site a few times after I found out. And I would, you know, and I would talk to my mom. I said, Mom, I said, why didn't you tell me? I wish you had told me. Because even though I understand that hurt was very deep. My relationship with God is what brought me through that. I had to work my way through that. I moved past the anger towards my mom rather quickly. But my anger was towards relatives who had an idea of what was going on, but still allowed me to be hurt. You know, when I found out I was adopted, uh, I immediately started doing research. I started reading about adoptees and birth moms and just reading anything I could find so I could have an understanding of what was going on. A couple of years later, my husband and I moved to a different area and found out we found out there was an adoption support group in the area. And I immediately went to that group joined that group. And they were my, you know, they were just so helpful to me, uh, providing resources as I searched. And not only that, providing emotional support because there were birth moms, adoptive parents, adoptees, everyone who's part of the constellation was part of this group. And so I was able to get a lot of information and a lot of encouragement. And now I belong to Adoption Network in Ohio. Just being able to share your story with someone and you know that someone understands what you're talking about. Yeah. That is monumental. People who are not adopted, they might say, oh, yeah, but sincerely will try to be empathetic. But they often, they really do not understand. They don't understand that adoption is trauma. They feel that, well, you know, you had a good home. Right. You had, you were loved. You had everything you need. Yeah. But that's not all that you need. You know, we have uh, conflicts now with this word grateful. Why should we be grateful when we were taken away? Okay. Yes, I had a, you know, I had a good life. There was a piece of me missing. And in order to understand totally who you are, you need to find the missing piece. I did not know anyone else who wasn't adopting until 2018. When a cousin on my DNA match list contacted me, who is also an adoptee, that was the first time. And connecting with her was a blessing. We know we're, we're very closely related. And being able to talk to each other is wonderful. So I would say to LDAs, um, don't be discouraged. I think today it's a little 
not that it will be easy, but it's easier than when I began searching because of the DNA test. Don't be, don't hesitate to do that. I think that's one of the best tools of an adoptee. You know, I have a very a close cousin now who's also an adoptee. And it's not so much a blessing that we were adoptees, but it's a blessing that we have each other and, yeah. you know, in our lives. And we can walk this journey together. So I had met some other members of my family, but I knew that I was going to be the first person, first blood relative she would meet mm-hmm. other than her children. And we bonded, you know, we bonded as soon as she contacted me, we bonded. And I tell people we bonded for life because we talk, we share, we support each other. And yeah, we just, we just bonded because of our experience. Deborah Michelle is Cynthia's biological cousin affectionately called Auntie, and would be the first person she met in her birth family. She shared the importance of meeting an adoptee ally during her search. As adoptees, we cherish those who desire to help us above and beyond their job description when we seek reunion with our birth family. She was a guest on episode 11. My caseworker called me, and she called me like at 7... 30 a.m., which was before her working hours. And so she was like, "Um, look, let me just share something with you. Um, I've had several clients who have had success using Ancestry DNA. Um, You have your birth name. You can find your birth family. Mm -hmm. And I'm on the phone with homegirl like, are you being professional right now? (laughs) And she says things to me like, this is, she says, I hate that I have to read this to you like this. I don't like that I have to do this like this. If it's meant for you to find your family, you don't need me. Mm. And I'm on the phone with her like, wow. She says, you don't. She says, because for you to have that piece of information, you can't tell me that God is not in this. Mm. And I'm on the phone with her like, wow. Right. And we talk for like an hour. Then all of a sudden I hear her professional voice. Well, okay then. Well, it was great talking with you. We'll keep this. And I, I wanted to say, okay, old girl. But she just went back to who she was because she, right. I think at one moment she started seeing, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, yeah. she deserves to know this. Right. I went through Ancestry DNA and that's when I found Auntie Cynthia. That's how you found Cynthia. And so, you that know, is how. she's, a, yeah. she's a done a conversation for the podcast. Now yeah. everyone will know that you and Cynthia connected and you would be the first person in your birth family that she yeah. knew as an adoptee. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That is that and that story in and of itself is amazing. You know, I didn't realize how unique it was until you said something about it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I started thinking, wait, I didn't expect her to say, oh, I was adopted as well. Right. I'm like, when she said that, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Someone asked me, how awesome was it for you to meet your birth mother? This is what I share with people. It was great. Mm -hmm. Words can't explain it. It just can't. Mm -hmm. But the most life-changing moment was when I met Cynthia. Another guy who was interviewing me about it, he said, "I I can't imagine how it was meeting your birth mother. 
He says, so your birth mother, Cynthia, she's got to be great. I said, no, that's my auntie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he probably, he was like, oh, okay. He says, because I see you light up when you're speaking of mm-hmm. Cynthia. I thought you were speaking of your birth mom. I said, oh, no, that's my aunt Cynthia. <laughs> no. I have a right to know about where I came from, my history, and I don't apologize. I'm not going to step on anyone. I'm not going to hurt anyone intentionally. I have every right to know. I hope you enjoyed hearing from these eight adoptees and will take a listen to their full episodes if you haven't yet had an opportunity. Thank you again, Barbara, Corey, Deborah Sparrow, Jeremiah, Lisa, Marnie, Cynthia, and Deborah Michelle. If you seek to be an ally of the adoption community, I hope you will consider making a donation to keep the show going at patreon.com forward slash adopteeland. Your contribution allows me to present a weekly episode free of advertisement and is greatly appreciated to add a valuable resource to the adoption community.